It's easy when the lights are on. Turn them off. What do you got? If it's not hard, there's the door. Work hard. Get better. It's simple. Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. It's there for the take. Dobbs drops back. We may not have it all together, but I believe together we can have it all. Fires on for the end zone. Can't lose on three. One, two, three. Can't lose. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins. by Tennessee. Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. I don't believe I saw that. You've tuned in to the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. And speaking of sweet, here's the man of the hour, Colton Pickard. Welcome into the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. The NFL season has finally come to an end, and in great fashion. I covered some of that on the podcast earlier this week, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in greater detail. We're also in full swing of the NBA and college basketball season. We're in college basketball and NBA mode, and the Tennessee Volunteers are still your number one team in the nation. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Yahoo Sports reported earlier this week that Sean Payton could be leaving the New Orleans Saints for the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. If this were to happen for the Cowboys, this would be huge, and it could set them up for a possible... Super Bowl run in the future. This past year's Cowboys team was honestly a decent team, but that's really it. Their defense was phenomenal, and honestly, that the defense was the main reason that they made the playoffs. The offense, on the other hand, struggled. They struggled. They could not hardly get anything going, and when they did, it was because of the defense. And that's not a slight to the players. I'm not coming after the players. I'm not saying Dak's not a good quarterback. I'm not saying the offensive line can't block. The receivers aren't this. Zeke's not that. Uh, that's nothing against the players, but it's against the coaches. After a 9-7 and season in 2017, Cowboys offensive coordinator Scott Linehan was given full and total control of all things offense. I don't know if this was given to him by Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones, whoever, but they made a mistake and... They realized it fairly quickly into the season. Uh, Lenahan was given full control. Uh, This was the beginning of the downfall for the Cowboys offense for the 2018 season. Lenahan's first big call with his new power, letting go the offensive line coach and bringing in Paul Alexander from Cincinnati. For those of you that don't know, that was a big failure. Spoiler alert, Alexander lasted seven Whole games with the Cowboys and was fired in their bye week in week eight. Terrible hire by Linehan and by the Cowboys. So after that, you could probably consider that strike one for Linehan. Uh, Linehan also cut Des Bryant and told Cowboys management they do not need a number one receiver. I don't know why they agreed with him or why they believed him, but if you want to be successful, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you need a number one receiver. But, all right, that's what Linehan says. They cut Des Bryant after seven weeks in a terrible offense. The Cowboys' front office realized that was not true. So, strike two there for Linehan. In week seven, 
Unahan was doing okay, I guess. Uh, offense wasn't looking very well, but he didn't have any strikes against him, at least uh, major strikes where, where we could point out here. Week 8, two big strikes already for him, so a huge turnaround for the Cowboys OC. Uh, some reports were saying that the Cowboys were looking into firing him during their bye week, uh, but they decided not to. They decided to keep him throughout the season. So they come back, they go 7-1, and one, I think, to make the playoffs, win the NFC East, all that, yada, yada, yada. Move along to the Cowboys making the playoffs and played an okay game against Seattle. They were able to squeak out of that game with a win, and a week later they laid an egg in Los Angeles against the Rams. And that was basically strike three for Linehan. All this happened under Jason Garrett, uh, which means he approved all of it. These moves, he approved all of these moves and trusted Linehan, who hasn't had a great offensive season since 2016. And a lot of people are saying that was luck, and with the NFL not knowing much about Dak and Zeke, uh, just having the opportunity to go out there and really be able to call anything, and both of those guys were able to execute it. So if you take 2016 out and say, okay... The last year before that, the Cowboys had a good season. Was twenty fourteen? They went twelve and four. Uh, Linehan wasn't the offensive coordinator. Linehan didn't get to Dallas until twenty fifteen. So he had Linehan had one good year as offensive coordinator in four years, I believe fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and not even that. The Cowboys had some bad seasons in fifteen. 17 and now 18 2018 they averaged just 21.2 points per game so i do believe if the cowboys were able to get an offensive minded coach like peyton or go out and get a guy like lincoln riley or somebody like that they'd have a really really good chance in getting over that hump and at least getting it to an nfc championship winning an nfc championship and maybe even winning a super bowl I've been an advocate for giving Chris Richard more responsibility since he was brought in after he was fired from the Seahawks. And in this past season, he did get some of that. He assumed defensive play calling duties, and if you were able to watch a Cowboys game prior to the playoffs, you saw that that Cowboys defense was phenomenal. Uh, you, you were able to see how good that defense actually was after Richard took over. Uh he seems to be a player's coach. He seems The players seem to love him. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to find him a head coaching job soon. Not next year. I think he's already said he's staying with the Cowboys. But soon, within the next three to four years, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a head coach somewhere. I'd love to have him on the Cowboys if Sean Payton decides to stay in New Orleans or whatever. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's unlikely, though, that the Cowboys will make an offense or a defensive-minded head, a defensive-minded coach, a head coach in a league that's going to more and more offense every day. It's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys do. They've already said Garrett's not coming back after 2019, so they're going to have to make a change at head coach sometime, eventually, sometime soon after the season. We'll see how good they do. Uh, Cowboys fans, lucky for you, Garrett's going to have the best coaching year of his career next year. He'll end up taking him to like an NFC Championship game or something, and he'll 
find a way to get that extension. But, hope not. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the Cowboys do next offseason. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. And there are some stories that have come out of this year's trade deadline. Anthony Davis will not be on the move until the summer. After demanding a trade, the Pelicans have decided to withhold him from moving to another team. Davis said he will not resign or he will not sign an extension or resign with the Pelicans this offseason, regardless of where he goes if he's traded. He's released a list of teams he'd be willing to resign with and the Celtics are not on that list, so if Boston decides to go get Davis and give up a lot, they're they're looking to give up a lot for Anthony Davis. Um, the Lakers offered a lot, like three first-round picks, I believe, or three draft picks overall, something like that, and a bunch of players. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd do it. I probably wouldn't do it after saying, seeing the list that he put out saying no. If I was Danny Ainge and I saw that list and Anthony Davis said, no, I'm not staying in Boston regardless of what happens. If you trade for me, good. You got me for one year. I'd probably be like, okay, somebody else can take on him. Uh, They're building something good in Boston. Ainge said just earlier today, on Friday, that he thinks that him and or the Celtics and Kyrie are going to get married. That was his quote. He says they think they're, they're still going to get married in the in the summer. He he thinks that Kyrie's going to resign, and if he does, that could open the door for AD to come in. Hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, it's going to be such a mess this summer. It's going to be fun to cover though, to see what teams throw out, who they throw under the bus. But if the if the Celtics do get him. They better hope that they can get that championship run in that season, or I guess next season, before he leaves. Because if they don't win a championship while Anthony Davis is there for that one year and he does not decide to resign, Davis will be gone and there will be out a few players and a few draft picks. Mike Mascala was traded from Philly to the Clippers on Wednesday and then traded from the Clippers to the Lakers for Beasley and Zubak. So uh, I wonder if... With this move from the Lakers, they're kind of saying that they're done with the New Orleans deal, or they're done with Anthony Davis, and or by getting rid of two trade pieces that they would need for this summer in Beasley and Zubak, which is interesting because they had the most to offer for the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans front office didn't want to deal with the Lakers. Uh, Greg Popovich said that nobody should trade with the Lakers. Maybe Popovich gave New Orleans a call and told him, hey, don't do this. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. That's uh, something Popovich. Popovich hates, hates, hates the Lakers. So I would not be surprised if he tried to convince New Orleans to not trade with the Lakers and ho- hold out until the summer and try to deal them to Boston. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Muscala from Philly to L.A. to L.A. 76ers to Clippers to Lakers. What a what a week for Mike Muscala. Former number one pick, Markel Fultz. He's also been traded. As Philadelphia continues to make moves, they send him to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons and an OKC first-round pick and a Cleveland second-round pick. 
Uh, Simmons averaged just 6.9 points per game in 41 games with Orlando. And Fultz, as you know, has struggled since getting into the league. He's had some injuries, and ultimately his jump shot is quite bad. So we'll see if Fultz can get it figured out in Orlando with the Magic. Memphis legend Mark Gasol is also on the move. He will be traded to the Raptors and Toronto. Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a 2024 first-round pick. Gasol has been in the league for 11 years now, and he spent all 11 of those years in Memphis with the Grizzlies, and in return, the Grizzlies sent him to Toronto with an opportunity to win a title. And with Toronto receiving Gasol, their starting five is looking really, really good. The Raptors are buying into this season. They're in win mode now. They've been in win mode. Now they're in extra win mode. And they're showing they are serious about this season, and they're going to make a run for the championship. I already think they're slightly better than the Celtics. I think in a seven-game series, it could go either to either team. But I give the Raptors the upper hand because they have the best player on the court in Kawhi. And now... They have Gasol down low, who I think is better than Horford. I believe the Raptors are already straight up better than the 76ers before and after the trade deadline. The only team I see stopping the Raptors from getting that first championship is the Warriors. The Raptors are currently a game and a half back from being the best or having the best record in the NBA already, just behind the Bucks. So I guess we'll see what happens up in the North. If Kawhi and Gasol can get along, and and if they can, a championship run might be in the Raptors' future. And they might also be successful in keeping Kawhi in Toronto for the future. You could see Kawhi and Gasol in Toronto for the next few years if they're able to contend for championships for years to come. Another trade that happened in the league, Harrison Barnes was traded from the Mavericks to the Kings mid-game, and that brought out some criticism from LeBron. LeBron was upset that Barnes was traded during the game and said that he continued to play without even knowing that he'd been traded. Well, Barnes did know that he was being traded and opted to stay in the game and keep playing. LeBron was then criticized for being hypocritical while trying to trade basically his entire team while he goes after the Mavericks on Instagram. Luckily for LeBron, the Lakers didn't trade the whole roster and have an opportunity to salvage their season after LeBron screwed up the chemistry in the locker room. Those weren't the only trades, though much more happened in the NBA and the MLB. During the NBA trade deadline, the MLB tried to steal some of their thunder when the Phillies acquired JT Real Muto from the Marlins. In return, the Marlins will receive Jorge Alfaro, Sixto Sanchez, and Will Stewart. Real Muto was an all-star last year, and the Phillies might not be done yet, as they're also linked to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado this offseason. For the Marlins, they now have zero starters from the 2017 season. Derek Jeter and company come in and complete their overhaul in year two, so we will see what Jeter can do with the Marlins franchise. All right, to wrap things up, let's discuss the Super Bowl. One final time, this is the last time I'm going to bring it up, unless some big news comes away from the game or whatever in the future. Other than that, this is going to be the last time you're going to hear me talk about it. 
Let's hold off on the game for a second. Other than the game, the commercials, they were not great. They seemed like normal commercials. So bad look for companies who paid thousands upon thousands, even millions of dollars for ad spots that weren't even good. Uh, there were maybe three to five. Three to five good ones, I'd say. Other than that, boring, boring commercials, boring game, halftime show bad, the halftime show was not good, Adam Levine did not seem in sync, at least at first with the band, he got a little better as it went on, but he didn't really sound good, he didn't sound that good, he claimed he was going to shred the guitar, and he got up there and barely did anything with it, barely did anything on the guitar, I mean, if you're going to say that you're going to go up there and you're going to shred on the guitar on the big stage of the Super Bowl, you got to go get up there. You got to shred that thing. You got to make people go, wow. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. But he didn't. He didn't. I just stopped watching the halftime show. I stopped watching the game. I almost fell asleep. First Super Bowl I've almost fallen asleep in. In two decades of watching the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was terrible. Terrible. They had their little Spongebob thing that wasn't great. People were hoping for... the. They were waiting for the big Spongebob, the, the big song to pay tribute to the creator of Spongebob who passed away earlier this year. Their little Spongebob segment was like 15 seconds. 15 seconds, they probably shouldn't have even done it, but they did. They probably shouldn't have done the game, they should have just cancelled it. Uh, for the game, this NFL season, it was dominated, the NFL season was dominated by offense. And in the biggest game of the year, the defense took over, and if you would have told me that the Rams would have held the Patriots to 13 points, I'm taking the Rams, and I'm taking them big all day, all day. Uh, this is one of the reasons I don't think the Cowboys or really any team in the future is going to go out and try to get them a defensive-minded head coach because the game was boring. Bad look for the NFL. Lowest ratings. I don't know if it was all time or just a long in a long time, but they were bad. Big markets set out the game. New Orleans set out the game. Bad game, bad performance all around. That three, four hour, however long, was a waste of time. I wish I wouldn't have watched it, honestly. Uh, and we have someone who would like to share their opinion about that. Shut up! Just shut up! If you don't want to watch... Then don't watch. Go watch the Raptors and the Knicks. Go do something else. But don't sit there for four flipping hours with your eyes glued to the game and say, Oh, this is so boring. But I can't stop watching. Oh, it's so boring. Just shut the hell up. Oh, okay. I mean, give me a break. If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. But don't watch the game and sit there and go, Oh, I hate it. That's the worst. And you people that did that, you're the worst. The absolute worst. Yeah, Jerry, we'll tell them. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. If you don't want to watch the game, 
don't watch the game. But don't sit there watching the game and saying, oh, I'm so bored. I can't take it anymore. Give me a break. All right, I'm done. Trey Wingo's opinion does not reflect the opinion of the Golik and Wingo. Yes, it does. Thank you, Mr. Trey Wingo, for exposing me and 95% of the people who watch the game. I said earlier this week it was boring. I said on this show it was boring. But I did keep watching. I did keep watching. I watched the whole thing, waiting for one of these two teams to take off for both to give me a fourth quarter shootout, give me like a 28-27, something like that score. Never happened. But some go your way, I guess. Some don't. Win some, lose some. After listening to what Trey said, I kind of agree with him. Although I am on the side that is opposite of his by watching the Super Bowl and complaining about it, I agree with him. So I'll take that into account in future games. Uh, Don't complain. All right, don't complain. Uh, That's all from me. The AAFL kicks off. This weekend, Saturday and Sunday, you can catch, I think it's on CBS, or at least the game on Saturdays on CBS, kickoff game. I'm sure you can find it. It's on the internet somewhere. Have a fantastic weekend. You can follow me at Pick6Pickard, P-I-C-K, the number six, and Pickard. You'll find it on the Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me, or the show, at Two Sweet Sports, on Twitter, at Two Sweet underscore sports. Hit the follow. I'll follow you back on all the social media. I will see you next week. Have a fantastic weekend.